Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around. You're in the right place. All right, we've got a great episode here for you. Now look, I didn't want this to be necessarily a how to do content marketing interview. Um, but we went into quite a bit on how to do content marketing. And so um, I think it's really important for anyone listening to this. You're going to get really two valuable insights. One, what I already said on content marketing, but two, also how to think about or maybe rethink about working with the media to get your prop tech company talked about, mentioned. And because uh, I get to interview Franco Ferrado. He is one of the co-founders uh, at PropMoto, and uh, he goes into the details of like types of stories they will write, uh, criteria behind them, what drives what they're doing, the vision, all the multimedia. And so I know that, you know, maybe listen to a podcast about media is a little meta, a little bit outside the ordinary, but we're talking prop tech as well. We get into some fundraising discussions and trends in the industry. I think this is going to be a great episode. Kick back, relax. You're going to love it. Well, hey, Franco, welcome to the show. Hi, Nate. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Glad to have you here. Uh, always a pleasure getting a chance to chat with you. And of course, let's kick off the show proper. I'm going to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself. Let everyone know who you are and what you do. Sure. Thanks. Big fan of the podcast. Glad to be on. So my name is Franco Ferrado. I'm the co-founder of a publication called PropMoto. Uh, we are a digital and now print publication dedicated to innovation and technology in the uh, real estate, particularly commercial real estate, real estate space. Awesome. Okay. And now obviously today's a little bit of a different uh, interview than we normally do. A lot of times we have you know products and services that are uh, directly in real estate, but you get to cover real estate. You see a lot of kind of similar to me. Like, well, yeah, I would, well, actually I shouldn't say that. I'm kind of trying to do some, some more things that you're doing, but you're doing way more than I am. Uh, but you're covering the space. You're talking about the space. Um, but what do you see as like the, the number one problem that prop moto is focused on solving? You know, I think there's just uh it's, it's really, when you get into, anybody in real estate knows that you're so busy. Uh, that's part of being in real estate is just being a very busy person. And so, you know, there's a lot of information flying out there about, you know, what's going on, what technologies are coming, what's disrupting, quote unquote. And it's, it's hard to know, you know, so we really wanted to be a, a thoughtful, analytical publication where uh, people can come and, and get good, uh, you know, researched information about, uh, not only technology, but the innovation in general in the property sector. Got it. And so then uh, who who's the, the primary audience then for PropMoto? Who are you writing to to inform about everything that's happening? Because you're, you're not wrong. There's, <laughs> there's so much happening, even if you're just talking commercial. Yeah, so we, uh, we're mostly on the commercial side, although that obviously uh, brings in a lot of multifamily. Uh, you know, commercial properties is very big and there's a lot of different uh, parts to it. And, and so we try to have some content out there for everybody. So we have a, a lot on the brokerage side. Uh, we talk about, you know, investing and, and operating uh, facilities, managers, corporate occupiers also are 
um, you know, a big part of our audience, basically anyone who's very sophisticated uh, in the, the commercial space and, uh, you know, reads this stuff every, every day. That's kind of who, who we look to, to write to. Got it. Yeah. So what, what led you to, to doing this? Were you already working in the commercial real estate space or were you just seeing it from the sidelines and wanted to get in the action? Like what would drive you to, to write about this? Cause this isn't something that everyone gets. Yeah. Morning, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I was crazy getting into publishing when, uh, you know, the publishing world is, uh, kind of awash with blood on the wall from, from all the, the closures. But, you know, I, I was in commercial real estate and I enjoyed it, but uh, I, I missed the creativity that I had. You know, I was originally kind of in um, tech. I got my MBA in marketing and uh, missed kind of the creative side of, of marketing. And so I really just started writing on my own, uh, kind of a way to, you know, pass the time. Uh, I had a new baby and so I'm spending a lot of time uh, curbside, uh, okay. and yeah, I just started uh, writing about you know my experiences, what was happening, and and getting them published, and that turned into uh, you know some content consulting. I did my ghost wrote for a lot of other companies, and eventually I started uh, contributing regularly to uh, a small kind of newsletter that was then called Siri.tech. And um, when it was going to be rebranded and kind of launched its prop moto, the founder approached me and, and asked me to come on board as, a, as the co-founder and, and the editor. And I, uh, I couldn't pass it up. I mean, it just seems like a natural fit. I mean, we only, that's kind of actually how I ended up at Avail in, in sort of in a way, you know, I started working with Avail as a contractor and then uh, it just happened I came out for a visit and they were like, Nate, uh, we need you here full time. Uh, I was like, okay, that sounds good. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah. Well, the beautiful thing about both, uh, both real estate and, uh, you know, creative, uh, projects are they're output based. Right. And so you can yeah. do a little or a lot and you can fit them into your schedule. You know, I always joke that, you know, my side hustle, my writing is now, my full-time gig. And, and I just you know, do uh, a little bit of real estate on the side just to, uh, you know, keep, keep the toe in the water. Yeah. Do, you know, this is kind of, uh, I wasn't planning on asking this, but it kind of just feels, feels right here. I, I constantly have this struggle like where I'm trying to figure out what is work and, and what I get to do is fun. Like I, it kind of, I honestly blurs together. Do you find that same thing happen when you just get to write and create? Do you find there's a, a blur between what is fun and what is your, actually your job then? Uh, you know, I don't know because I think that if you're really creating something, it is fun. And I think, uh, you know, I've thought a lot about boredom uh, and, and boredom I think can be really useful. I yeah. think the people who are good at things are usually so bored of doing it that they do it a little bit differently you know like uh the you know the amazing pianist throws in the little riffs in between uh or you know i think for for writing that that comes through a lot right i'll often get to something that just uh seems uh repetitive and then i'll do my best to not make it repetitive right i'm i'm the first person reading it so i want to entertain myself too so i uh you know i i really try to to, to switch things up a little bit and, and keep it fun because I think you notice that in the output, right? If it's like, you can tell if someone's smiling when they're talking to you generally, I feel like you yep. can get that same sense with someone's uh, output. If they enjoy doing it, it, it comes through. 
Yeah. To, oh man. I was just listening to a book that was talking about that. It's, um, Oh shoot. Someone else just recommended to me is like the book of mentors or something like that. Um, and they were just talking about like, you need something you're passionate about in order to have the stamina to persist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree with that. But, but I mean, even, even something you're passionate about can, can get old, but I think that if you really dig deep enough, you can find, I mean, that's what I always often find myself doing, right? I'm writing about things that people traditionally find boring, right? HVAC <laughs> and large buildings. But, uh, you know, if you find a, a bigger context, if you uh, find some good details, I think anything can be interesting if you really uh, dig deep enough and, and look at it from the right angle. Yeah, I don't think amenities and building services have ever had so many headlines about them. <laughs> <laughs> Until like in the last, like, but in the last year, I've seen so many headlines talking about um, building amenities and facilities management and things like that. Like, it's not a topic I, I honestly ever thought I would want to read about, but I'm so fascinated because of the the tremendous impact focusing on those details is having in, in real estate. And, and you're, you know, you're in a position, a very unique position, in that you get to help tell those stories. What, what are some of the most fascinating stories then, you know, ha, that you've seen or been a part of, uh, let's say in like the last six months, I won't ask you to recall too many, but like the last few months, like what are some of the stories that really stand out to you? I mean, I'm not going to say one story or another in particular, but I just think in general, uh, you know, there's been a big embrace by the property, property industry about uh, the importance of what they're doing. I think that is what was missing for a long time. And I think maybe that's why the content around the industry was a little listless is that, you know, it's like, Oh, it's just buildings. It's like, Oh, it's just real estate. Mm -hmm. But that's such a, a silly way to look at it when these are things that, you know, the majority of the world's population spends 90% of their time in, right. This is, this affects our lives much more than uh, I would even argue, you know, maybe your cell phone or, you know, the apps on it, you know, how, how, where your building is, how it's built, uh, is, is very, very important. And, and uh, you know, where, where the value lies in our economy, uh, there's a lot going on. And I think that now property companies are starting to that and really see that you know, they want to, uh, you know, create community. Like these kind of big ideas, these, uh, you know, these kind of big, like almost like you would see from technology, right? These kind of inspirational uh, thinkers are starting to emerge uh, in the property sector that I, I think is really great. Um, so I, I won't give you one example, but that's just kind of an <laughs> overall. Yeah, you know, I guess I'll tell people you got to come to our site and you'll see multiple great examples of amazing There you stuff. go. Yeah, if you, want, if you want to see what's happening. Yeah, I, I'm not going to give the milk away for free. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, actually, I mean, really, everyone who's listen, anyone who listens to this show, whether one time or every episode, which I appreciate every single one of you, uh, I have the the I fully endorse and recommend you should be subscribed to PropMoto emails because I will just say this, and this isn't meant to be a promo piece. This isn't a paid piece or anything like that. <laughs> but I will say that I I don't get I don't get fluff. Like there's not fluff coming out of prop moto. Like I'm not getting, and, and you know, I, this isn't meant to trash anyone, but you know, I hope everyone's, we're all adults here so we can say names, but you know, I canceled my Inman subscription because I don't want, I don't care what Gary Keller says about Glenn Sanford behind doors. I don't care. 
Mm-hmm. Mean anything? I want to talk about the real stuff. You know, I don't want TMZ of real estate. And uh, PropMoto delivers, you know, that next level. So everyone should be on it. If you're listening to the show, you should be subscribed. So that's yeah. Thank cool. you. I appreciate. That. I mean, that's something we really look at. Is you know, we're we're in an interesting space. We're I you know we're a trade publication, but uh, you know we're not just there to be a mouthpiece for for press releases. Um, and you know, we, we, we write independently. So we have a lot of journalism, but at the same time, we're not, we're not just news. We try to add a lot of analysis and uh, insight to everything we write. So, um, you know, we definitely try to be a little bit more. I mean, uh, the majority of, at least on the commercial real estate side, the majority of publications are still very transactional focused. And, um, and that's something that we, from the start decided not to do. You know, we just really feel like as data becomes more accessible, you know, that, that was a way that, you know, people could get, you know, before you had to kind of open the, the papers and, and read, you know, what, what buildings were sold to who to kind of get an understanding where I don't think that's really all that useful anymore. Right. Uh, so now we're really trying to add that next level of analysis, going and getting the interviews, doing the research. So, um, you know, the, and to, to bring the story behind what's going on with all these transactions instead of just, um, you know, saying this, this building got sold for this amount of money. Yeah. So then uh, maybe you can walk me through a little bit. How do you decide then what um, criteria story or article uh, is, it, you know, what, what do you require from, I guess, the elements of a story to, to say, hey, this is worthwhile for us to cover and to do some research on or write about or to take that press release and, and run it? Like what? Yeah. What well, first of all, we don't run any press release. No, that's not true. Uh, we, there are definitely some interesting press releases that come across my desk. Really what we look for is what's an actionable piece of insight for the property industry, right? I think there's way too many articles that float around that are like, look at, you know, the, all the ways AI is affecting real estate or the nine things that technology, how technology is changing property management. And uh, those are, you know, those are cute, but they don't really, I mean, our audience is sophisticated and, and they need some things to go a lot deeper than that. So we yeah. really look for things that, that do provide that, that next level of, of insight. I mean, I think we're lucky because, you know, uh, again, the publishing industry is trying to figure out its path forward and, uh, you know, uh, kind of general publications, more mass, uh, uh, mass market publications are really struggling because they uh, generally relied on uh, banner ads, right? And so uh, yep. it's very hard nowadays to compete with Google and Facebook in providing banner ads at, at, you know, to, to, to a mass market. Yep or more targeted. So, uh, you know, I think us and a lot of publications, you know, Skift is a great one in hospitality. The information is a great one, uh, you know, for kind of general tech are going more towards uh, being very focused, right? And so our readers are people that do this every day, people that read this every day. Like we don't, I don't put prop text in quotes. Like I say, I don't have to explain uh, what, (laughs) you know, what every little thing is. I assume that our readers know because they do. And I think one, they like that, right? It uh, makes, you know, it just makes for better content. I appreciate that. Uh, but two, you know, we're able to, you know, without necessarily having huge traffic, like some of these big sites, 
uh, bring a lot of value to to our um, you know to our sponsors because these are uh, very uh, you know important people that are that are thinking about this every day and making these decisions. So uh, you know the, they are uh, I would say a lot better than you know X thousand random people on Facebook who bump into your banner. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought about that too, even with even with my podcast. I was like, man, how, how am I going to get a big audience for this? And that, the moment I even said that question out loud to myself as I was planning the, you know, how I was going to put together a podcast, it was like, that's a stupid thing. I only need, I only want to reach the people who really care about this stuff. Right. And, you know, it's just far more impactful to, and I, actually, I feel like this is a great, like you're given a subtle uh, tip here as a content marketer yourself. Like you have to be focused in what you're talking about for anyone to care. And if there's no flavor, you know, or if it's just kind of this broad general flavor, then no one's going to care about it. It's not going to carry further. No one's going to talk about it. It doesn't leave a memorable experience. And like you said, there's nothing actionable. Um, it sounds like, I mean, a lot of that, it really is like sound content marketing advice right there. Even though yeah. you're coming at this from a, you know, a journalistic perspective. Well, what's interesting is that, you know, the, there is kind of a mesh happening and I think we're an embodiment of that. You know, I, I did a lot of kind of content market consulting mm-hmm. for, before I did this and, you know, we have really uh, taken almost a, a t- an agency type approach with our clients. You know, we don't just kind of sell uh, one-off uh, advertising. Yeah, you know, we, we, we have clients and we do, you know, sponsored articles and uh, podcasts and research reports and events. And uh, we tie them around, you know, kind of editorial campaigns. Yep. And, and so, um, you know, a lot of it comes with just sitting down and doing the content consulting. Well, who's our audience? Who are we talking to? What's the right angle? And I think, uh, you know, that's really useful for a lot of people because sometimes it's hard to step back from your marketing points to really put yourself in the shoes of the audience and say, well, what, what do people want to hear? You know, yeah. that's the kind of, uh, you know, I think about like the a Venn diagram of, of, you know, what, what, what does your audience want to hear and what do you want to tell them about yourself? And like yeah. somewhere in the intersecting circles is kind of where you want to be, right? Because you're not just creating content, you create it, but at the same time, if no one wants to hear it, uh, you know, if you're just talking about yourself, you'll, you'll probably be in an empty room doing so. Yeah, no, I think it's all solid. You just had a, a big event up in New York, right? Yeah, it was, uh, we do regular, uh, 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 subscriber parties mostly in, in Manhattan. So we just had one of those come and go. It was really great with, for the, um, uh, the launch of our, our new research report about online property marketplaces. So, yeah, we're, we're really happy. We're actually putting together another event for New York Real Estate Tech Week. Uh, that's coming up on November 11th. We're uh, the first of the week on Monday. And uh, yeah, it should, should be a really great one. So if, if anyone is interested, feel free to reach out and love to uh, chat with you about uh, how to get you in there. How do we get you to Chicago? Because I'm like, I'm locked down on travel. I've already got <laughs> all, all of my travel is already blocked out. I I cannot fit any more in with everything we've got going on. Uh, but yeah, we can get you to Chicago. Let's make that happen. Yeah, we, we, uh, we like to, I mean, that's why we, we looked at doing bigger, bigger, bigger and bigger events. And then we really thought, well, you know, let's go smaller with some of ours. So we do, yeah. you know, 
do regular kind of small networking events all over the country and the world. You know, we go uh, to different places in Europe as well. So we, we've done one in Chicago. It was, it was great. It's a great city. And obviously JLL is there. So there's a lot of great support. Um, but, you know, New York is still kind of the center of the, the real estate world. So it is. Uh, oh, man, it really is. Uh, it's not even comparable, but it's all good. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> all right. Well, one thing I want to ask you about, um, you know, so I mean, you have, you have all these different types of articles and I was going to go into it and you hinted to it. So you're doing also some video and podcast stuff yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do all of our events. We always uh, film the panels and we write up articles about them and and uh, we have co- you know conference calls. We turn into podcasts. We have um, you know kind of product demos and 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 video webinars. So we we dabble in all kinds of media. Okay, so this obviously this won't apply to every company, but you know a lot of companies aren't taking advantage of creating video content, creating podcasts, doing some of the things you're talking about, and you know kind of uh, I'm going to go back to it again because I think it's really important to that maybe we uncover this or talk through it. Why do you think companies are failing to take the time to create that type of content? Because it, it permeates so much deeper than trying to write blog posts every day. Like, I mean, there's the evidence is all over the walls, yet people, you know, companies aren't taking the time to do it. Why, why do you think people don't do it? Well, it's a hassle. I mean, it's, you know, I, I always tell companies to start with blog posts, right? Get your, mm-hmm. get it hashed out there, find your voice, uh, find your messaging, it's a lot easier to to push a you know push a document to to a blog on WordPress than it is to you know go through and, and edit a podcast. But yep. um, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's it's still a growing medium. So I think people are just now. I mean, I'm surprised at how many people don't listen to podcasts. Right? Like I, I think that you know the a lot of podcasts are getting listened to. And I think it's happening because there's a small amount of people listening to a lot of podcasts <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, it's probably true. And I mean, well, I mean, there's still a big amount of people listen to podcasts in general, but when you cut out the top, you know, 10%, it's a long tail after that. I mean, it's right. a long tail. Yeah. 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 It's all right. good. I, or if you cut out everybody, uh, you know, under 29 Oh, is that, is that, is under 29 the most popular, uh, segment or? or? I mean, generally for, yeah, for media like podcasts and, you know, a lot of social media channels like, uh, you know, snap and TikTok. it's, you know, once you get into the thirties, you're, you're, (laughs) you're setting your ways and you're just doing what you grew up with. Listen, Listen to the FM radio. Are you on TikTok? I am not. No, I am uh, in my 30s, so I'm not allowed to. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I got a, I got a buddy who, uh, uh, he's one of Gary V's filmers. And uh, I was texting him and I was like, man, like, I, explain TikTok to me. I don't, I, I'm on it. I, I don't get it. I, ju- I just don't, I don't, I have no idea what my place would be there. And he's just like, man, he's, you got to figure it out. He's like, Gary's got three people plus me working full time on this. And I've been watching some of his stuff and I'm like, it cracks me up. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't understand. Maybe I am too old. You're right. I'm in my thirties. I don't understand. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to stay, you know, stay with it. But, you know, I, I will push back from one of your assertions earlier. At, uh, I think that writing stuff can still be one of the most powerful ways to, to yeah. promote 
uh, a message. You know, I, I remember back when, uh, you know, Facebook kind of start, was basically falsifying video data. I don't know if they're falsifying or they were just, uh, you know, if an error uh, in their oh, recording. Oh, and how they were recording video views. Yeah. So if you, if you Google, you know, pivot to video, uh, there was a period a few years ago where Facebook was showing, you know, this huge spike in numbers for video and that and everybody thought, Oh, this is it. You yeah. know, video is so, uh, you know, it is the future. No one's going to read anymore and everything. And so, you know, lots of publications just, you know, really focused on producing video and come to find out yeah. uh, the, the views weren't there and, you know, people are still reading. So, uh, you know, when you get into sophisticated ideas, I think, uh, you know, it's hard to go wrong with the written word. Yeah, it's true. I, I, uh, I spend mo- more money on books than I do any other one thing uh, that I own. So <laughs> I think, yeah. Just, oh yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of power in that and uh, being able to reach people for sure. Um, I'm curious. So, you know, I, I know that, you know, your, your product is information and how you put it together and present it. Um, and so, you know, when we talk to other founders on the show, I always like to ask, you know, what has been something that you tried, uh, or you've tried along the ways and trying to grow your audience or make what you do better that turns out it didn't work or it wasn't what your audience was looking for. So I'm curious, is there any failed experiments that you're willing to share and maybe go into a story about? Uh, sure. I think a good example is, you know, uh, we have a lot, we have a lot of events and we have really great speakers, uh, come through and, you know, really kind of famous people telling great insights about the property industry. And, you know, I, my first thought was, well, we got to video this, right? We, we need to video this and capture it. Uh, because people, everybody's going to want to watch this. And I think uh, at this point, everybody that's ever uh, had a conference will tell you that if you don't go to the conference, your chance of watching the video is really, really low. And if you go to the conference, your chance of watching the video is zero. <laughs> right? So, so there's not a huge audience for, a, for people to watch a 30-minute panel, even though it could be a really great one. So, yeah. uh, you know, we had to accept the fact, well, we still you know, thought that, well, this is great information. We, we want to have it. So that's where we kind of started doing these hybrids where we'll video things, we'll cut things up into small clips, but we'll write it into a kind of an, an article that summarizes things. So, uh, you know, if someone just wants to read through it and they're uh, really busy and they just kind of need to, you know, speed read it, they can certainly do that. But if they want to click through on all the videos and watch a couple minutes here and there, of a, you know, a little bit more detail, uh, you know, that's, that's there for them too. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, it's, it's all, I think it's always telling. I mean, if you have a, a list of failed experiments, clearly you were doing something either that or you're totally perfect. I'm not sure yeah. which one to believe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, what, what, what would you then say though? Cause you guys have been growing quite a bit. What would you attribute to the reason though uh, you've been able to grow? Cause um, maybe you do run ads yourself and promoting the publication, but I don't know if I've ever received an ad, like a Facebook ad from you guys or something. So what's been driving the growth? That's, it's pretty organic. I mean, there's a lot of sharing going on. Uh, I think it comes back to our content just being a little bit better. You know, we always try to think of like, would someone share this? Mm. Right. If, if uh, I'm not, I don't care if someone would read it. I care if someone would say, wow, you got to read this, you know, and, and that's kind of thing um, that really 
uh, you know, can, can drive growth to not only to a piece of content, but, you know, to a creator. Yeah. Uh, you know, besides that, I think that you just in general, the property industry, you know, uh, the kind of going idea is that, you know, eventually there, there is no technology, right? Like eventually there's not prop tech, it's just going to be property industry. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's what's kind of happened. I think when we started, it was very much kind of techies looking at, you know, all these kind of, uh, you know, futuristic things or very esoteric things that only they could really utilize. And now it's just a lot of people in the, I mean, if you're going to read about anything, uh, you know, you should probably be reading about technology because that's the fastest moving uh, part of, of any, you know, business yeah. uh, you know, industry right now. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, especially in, in, in the, when you're talking about technology that impacts the single largest asset class, I mean, it, that's kind of a, an important thing to, to stay focused on and to stay up on. Yeah, right. There's a, a lot of money. And I think that uh, for a long time, the property industry was just status quo. And they said, you know, this is fine. But now that, you know, I think, you know, we work, although they've had a little bit of a stumble, but I think that their kind of rise to to popularity and fame kind of turned a lot of heads. And, you know, that's just one example that, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, properties really adopting technology and, and companies getting behind it and being, uh, you know, being rewarded has really yeah. made the industry uh, on a whole kind of say, okay, well, this is, this is something we need to pay attention to. Yeah, totally. Ah, I love it. And I, I wonder, um, how are you uh, measuring that? Is it something they're willing to share? Because if I, man, if I could figure that out, <laughs> that would be, that would be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's weird. We, we never know, you know, sometimes we'll get an article that, you know, we had an article the other day about IOT and HVAC and, you know, we all kind of said, HVAC, is anybody going to click on something that says HVAC? And it was one of our, you know, most read articles of the year. Uh, and so, you know, I think, I think one of the things to do if you're creating content uh, and I think this is partially just because of the way the internet works, right? It's that the more broad a search term is, the harder it is to win. So, yes. you know, pick your pick your niche and just win that. You know, if you're going to write one thing, like write the thing on it, right? The definitive essay about this yeah. very specific topic. Yeah, totally. That goes way farther than 20 posts that are just like, oh, why real estate is an important thing to invest in. It's like you're, by doing that, you're just throwing yourself into a sea of other pieces that, you know, have already been generating enough, uh, you know, links to, to, be, to beat you on SEO anyway. So, you know, coming at things differently, having a unique angle yep. and, and really kind of win your one little specific uh, niche rather than in writing for broad, uh, broad topics. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, makes a ton of sense. Um, and I feel like this, this episode has been both a get to know Franco at PropMoto slash learn how to content market. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, that's what I find. I, I do a lot, you know, we, uh, we kind of are an interesting space because we, we see what gets the clicks. And so when yeah. we have, 
uh, clients that, that look at us for, uh, you know, impressions and click-throughs and conversions, uh, you know, we do have to sometimes come in and say, look, I, I think you need to change this messaging. I, I think this mm-hmm. isn't going to land. I think we need to go a different direction with this. And it almost yep. kind of put us in a interesting kind of, uh, you know, consultative role that I think most publications haven't had up until now, but I think more and more probably will, especially as sponsored content becomes more the norm. And I think banner ads are going to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the truth is already written on the walls. Banner ads, um, you know, just selling on like a run of network or just on a, a website of some arbitrary CPM, you know, aren't going to take you very far a lot of times. But uh, tailored content, you know, coupled with banner ads, I mean, that's, that can be magic right there. Uh, but that we'll save that. For yeah, I feel like we, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I have plenty to say about, about banner ads. And uh, if, if you want me back on. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely talk about that again. I want to want to uh, get into um, one more topic, and then we'll switch into the uh, the bottom half of the show here, where we get into the last two segments. Um, of course, we're not going to talk about prop tech without talking about fundraising. Um, you know, the uh, Cretech uh, report said it was you know this year is a record year in real estate tech. Um, you know, and I think a lot of those reports that I see floating around typically exclude WeWork, um, which is, you know, you can say they're real estate or not, it doesn't matter. Um, but I want to talk about a few things. Uh, first, you know, does, did PropMoto have to raise any money to get where you're at? Um, second, you know, uh, why do you think there's so much funding in prop right now? And the last piece of this uh, I'd love to hear your opinion on is, do you think we're in a bubble for the prop tech private uh, capital raising? Hmm. So uh, one, no, we haven't raised any money. We've been able to grow organically and I'm really happy for that. I like uh, owning my own company and not having to explain myself to anybody. Um, uh, as far as the funding numbers go, I, I really think that a little too much emphasis has been placed on this. I don't really think that it's, uh, you know, it, it's, that's a very basic look of the industry landscape, right? How much money has gone into, uh, you know, these kind of small startups. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many articles start off with like that exact kind of, you know, intro you just gave to this question of, Oh, it's been a, you know, a, a you know, record breaking year and prop tech funding. And right. I just, I always kind of just shake my head a little bit. I feel like it's, it's a little bit of a, a sophomoric way to, to think that you know what an industry is, direction an industry is going. So I think you already kind of mentioned, you know, uh, a lot of those reports include WeWork, which a lot of people, including myself, think is probably more of a property company than a prop tech. But I think just in general, you know, what, how much money's gotten put into these, these startups, you know, that excludes all of the investment that's happening by these, you know, big property firms right now, uh, you know, internally, it's uh, excluding all the investment, all the development that's happening in these, you know, already huge property companies like Yardi and CoStar and, you know, Zillow. Like, I think that looking at just, uh, we have kind of, uh, you know, uh, people are in love with the startup culture right now. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, uh, you know, steering us away from a really 
good, nuanced view of innovation. And, and I also think that, you know, we define, uh, you know, prop tech as not just even hard technology. I really feel like there's a lot of innovation happening uh, in the space that, that isn't, you know, with sensors and algorithms, right? It's just, you know, you could probably point to WeWork and say that, you know, even though they might not be a tech company, they're innovating. They, they innovated the sector in a way that no one ever had. And so, you know, it, it wasn't because they have some, you know, proprietary software or, uh, you know, have this like crazy hardware. They just kind of looked at things a little differently. So, yeah, uh, we want to we want to make sure to include those stories too, right? Of uh, how people in the property industry are thinking about uh, their job differently, doing their job differently, and and how that kind of is changing, uh, you know, the way that we all we all touch the built world. Yeah, I think that's uh, I, I love it. I appreciate that response, and I you know I, I you know I think we talked about this in a previous conversation. You know that you guys don't you, you don't you take the stance of, Hey, we're not just going to run your press release because you raise money. It's got to have some sort of actionable insight or takeaway from it. And I think that's a good, that's a good line to draw. It's cool that, uh, yeah, we raise money, but what does it go towards? What is it going to change or impact? And, you know, what are the resounding effects long-term of, of, you know, that investment is really interesting more so than today's dollar amount. Yeah. I think it goes back to, you know, the people in the marketing department, of a company think that that's a great talking point yeah. uh, about how much money you raise, but your clients, uh, you know, probably have just as many questions after they hear that than they did before. So, you know, that hey, those, uh, Dan, those, those dang marketers, man, they just ruin everything. They, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. I, but that's why sometimes it's, it's nice to have, uh, you know, a champion for the audience. Totally. All right, well, we're going to get into my favorite segment of the show. This is called For the Future. Uh, it is a segment where I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Bronco, are you ready to play? Yes. All right, let's do it. Question number one, what does PropMoto look like one year from now? Uh, I would like to have much uh, more in-depth essays about what's going on. And, you know, obviously we would like to grow. Uh, we have a couple different, um, uh, you know, foreign language initiatives that I would like to grow. I'd like to see, you know, we have uh, French and Japanese and uh, we're looking for Chinese and Spanish. So I think there's a big, uh, you know, the world is a lot bigger than in the English speaking world. And we'd like to reach out past that. So, uh, growth globally and, and also growth in, in what, what we talk about and, and, and the depth of, of how we talk about it. That's very cool. Question number two, what is the housing market? And you can interpret that however you like, look like one year from now. Well, I think there um, are going to be some some shakeouts. I think uh, some places are going to do really well. Um, you know, any any place that has kind of the the Tammy uh, clients around it will probably do really well. But um, I think some places are are going to are going to continue to struggle. And I think those are the places that have struggled. Right? I think of a lot of the suburban and uh, and rural uh, you know, areas are, are really, um, gonna, gonna not have the kind of, uh, you know, may, maybe even have a little bit of depreciation where, uh, the more urban areas are gonna, are gonna gain that. Very cool. 
Question number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? Uh, oh, oh boy. Uh, you're going to get me in trouble. I think, uh, um, here. <laughs> uh, I think that, uh, Transactional press releases are going to continue, but I uh, wish they would go away. I think that, like I said, um, you know, just trying to read about what buildings got sold to who is not the best way to understand a market. And so uh, there needs to be a lot more behind that. Uh, but I think property companies are still, still used to kind of uh, hiring a PR firm and pushing out their um, transaction that they don't, they can't see anything past that. Got it. The fourth and final of For the Future, what's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? Um, you know, I think the messaging in real estate is going to, is going to drastically change. I know that's very on brand of me, but, uh, <laughs> I think, well, there's nothing wrong with being on brand. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, I, I, I live on brand. What can I say? There you go. <laughs> I live my life on brand. Uh, no, I mean, I really think that, uh, part of, you know, there's a lot of problems in the real estate industry right now that, that are connected to our messaging, right? I think that it's a very graying industry, I think you know, there's not a lot of, Good, uh, you know, interesting young people getting into it that they're that are bringing that energy to, to transform it. And I think uh, some of that is probably our fault, where we've uh, kind of positioned ourselves as this, you know, kind of uh, you know, like a step down from from finance or high finance or i banking, right? Whereas uh, I see it as like a much more transformational industry than almost any, just because of the impact it has on. Uh, you know, our fellow humans. Awesome. All right. We're going to move into the last three. Franco, this is for our listeners to better get to know you. We're going to do them lightning round style since I know we are buttoned up against your time limit here, but all good and appreciate everything. Uh, first one here. What are you reading? Uh, right now I'm reading uh, Richard Thaler's new book, Misbehaving. He's the uh, the Nobel Prize winning economist behind kind of the nudge theory. Oh. And yeah, so it's really interesting just about, uh, you know, behavioral economics and uh, how to get people to do things and, and why people do things, particularly how people think about money and, and uh, resources. Adding to my reading list right now. No <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend. Uh, question number two, who are you learning from? Uh, I am learning from everybody. I mean, we're lucky enough to be a place where, um, you know, we have a lot of really great uh, expert contributors throughout the industry. So, you know, I, I feel so lucky that I get to read uh, essays written by, you know, all of these really inspirational people about who I consider to be really inspirational topics. So, you know, I think that uh, the new generation, I think the prop tech's always done a good job at this, but I think the new generation of prop industry is also doing a really good job of being part of that conversation, being thought leaders and really getting their, their vision out there. Yeah. Awesome. And the final, the last three, what inspires you? Uh, I am inspired by a good space. I think when something is just a 
when you walk somewhere and it doesn't even have to be designed. It could be a, a natural space, but I feel like almost like a piece of art where you can't really uh, conceptualize or put into context what it is that affects you so much. I feel like space often does that to me too. You know, you go into that little divey bar, you come across the Vista or you're in kind of the park uh, and, and you find these really great little moments in this really unique, uh, beautiful space. And, and I think uh, that's just something I feel like is, is so precious and inspiring. I, I literally had multiple uh, places come right to mind, specifically the Snoqualmie Pass in the wintertime in Washington as you're coming around this one bend and you see all of the evergreens are covered, like, you know, covered in snow just as you get high enough. And you can see like a train track way across the ravine and then just another arching bridge. Like that's what immediately is in my brain when you said that. That was amazing what just happened. Um, well, that's what's so great. It's like it, they, are, they can be ingrained inside of us, right? Like they are that they are like a piece of art. Like they're so powerful that you can carry them with you your yeah. whole life. I love that pass. Uh, Franco, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you sharing all that you shared about PropMoto what you guys are doing, all the content marketing tips. I mean, anybody listening to this, you just got, uh, you just got a free intro to content marketing uh, up through like intermediate uh, content marketing. <laughs> so obviously, you know who to call if you want that. Because um, yeah. I'll do the talking. I'll let people like Franco do the writing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but before we head out, um, if someone wants to get in touch with you or learn more about PropMoto, uh, where do they go and how do they do that? What's the best ways to do that? Yeah, sure. First thing I would just suggest is uh, sign up for our daily email. That's where, you know, uh, we have a lot of great content coming out every day. Uh, if you ever want to get in contact with me, I'm at uh, Franco, F-R-A-N-C-O at propmoto.com. Boom. There it is. Easy enough. Uh, I can't wait for the uh, next event coming to Chicago. I'm glad you promised that. <laughs> Got it on the on the Heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first, first people. Uh, yeah, but I uh, really appreciate your time and uh, can't wait for us to actually get a chance to meet up in person and grab a drink and uh, keep back. But uh, until then, um, thank you so much for your time and we'll catch you later. Yeah, thank you. Likewise. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Nest podcast. Hey, don't forget, you can get on the email list so you never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.